Hello, this is Nikdha from Newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Wednesday, the 2nd of December. India's COVID-19 tally inched closer to the 95 lakh or 9.5 million mark this morning with an addition of over 36,000 fresh cases in the last 24 hours. With this, the country has recorded under 50,000 fresh cases in a day for the 25th consecutive day. A little over 500 fatalities were recorded in the last 24 hours, pushing the nationwide death toll to over 1,38,000. The central government has said that there may not be a need to vaccinate everybody in the country. Health Secretary Rajesh Bhushan made this clarification at a press conference on the coronavirus situation in the country. He said and I quote, I just want to make it clear that the government has never spoken about vaccinating the entire country. We should discuss these scientific issues based only on factual information. The Director General of the Indian Council of Medical Research, Dr. Balram Bhargav, also scientifically explained the same at the briefing. He said, and I quote, Our purpose is to break the chain of the viral transmission. So if we are able to vaccinate a critical mass of people and break that virus transmission, then we may not have to vaccinate the entire population. Unquote. In a first such move, the Gujarat High Court today directed the state government to order community service to those failing to adhere to COVID-19 norms. The court told the government to ensure that those who do not wear face masks be sent to COVID-19 care centres for mandatory community service. The court added that the period of service will be 4 to 6 hours a day, ranging from 5 to 15 days. The government has been directed to issue a notification in this regard. Last evening's talks between the farmers and the centre ended on a disappointing note. The centre's proposal to set up a five-member committee to look into their concerns was rejected by the farmers. They told the government that such committees have never led to any results or outcomes in the past. Sources quoted the farmer representatives as saying, Now is not the time for a committee. Agriculture Minister Narendra Tomar after the meeting said, and I quote, We wanted a small group, but they, that is the farmers, said that they will talk together. We do not mind that. We would like them to end the protest and come for talks. But this depends on the farmers. Unquote. Farmer organizations are meeting today at one of the Delhi-Haryana borders to decide their future strategy. The protest has now entered its seventh day. A key route in East Delhi connecting the capital to Noida in Uttar Pradesh has been closed. Close to 300 farmers from different parts of Uttar Pradesh who began a sit-in at the Noida-Delhi border yesterday continued with their protest today. The protesting farmers said that big groups are also on their way to Delhi from Uttar Pradesh's Agra and Itawa. The crowd at the Delhi-Noida border, however, is much smaller compared to the other border points. The Delhi Traffic Police has asked people to use alternate routes to travel to Noida. The Maharashtra Farmers Union, meanwhile, has called for a statewide agitation tomorrow against the farm laws. Union Home Minister Amit Shah, meanwhile, met with Agriculture Minister Narendra Singh Tomar and his cabinet colleague Piyush Goyal at his home to discuss yesterday's meeting with the farmers. In other related news, Twitter has flagged a tweet by Amit Malviya, the IT cell chief of the Bharatiya Janata Party. The platform tagged Malviya's tweet as manipulated media. The tweet was related to a photo that had gone viral, that of an elderly farmer being beaten by a security personnel. Malviya in his tweet posted a video of the same incident and claimed that the lati had not touched the farmer and that the picture was propaganda. Twitter had also flagged several tweets of President Donald Trump during the elections in America as fake. This move comes after the platform faced widespread criticism for not adopting the same strategy towards fake news sources from India. 
This is not the first time that the BJP IT cell head has been caught delegitimizing an entire protest by spreading misinformation and fake news. He did the same during the Shaheen Bagh protest by claiming that the protesting women were on hire. For a detailed report on the same, check out Ayush and Jignesh's report titled The Truth About Amit Malviya's Shaheen Bagh Expose, an alt news and news laundry investigation. Dear listeners, my colleagues Nidhi and Basant have been on the grounds of the farmers' protest since the farmer groups arrived on the borders of Delhi a week ago. They recently spoke to farmers about why they have decided to boycott big media houses like Republic, Z News and Aajtak. Go to our website to check out their ground reports. We also have been posting their extensive video coverage on our social media handles. Please show them your support by sharing their video reports on your social media handles and family WhatsApp groups. The Supreme Court yesterday ushered in the first step for allowing virtual testimonies of human trafficking victims. A bench presided by Justice L. Nageshwar Rao agreed with the recommendation of its amicus curiae, advocate Gaurav Agarwal, to provide secure and in-camera video conferencing facilities to human trafficking victims. The bench directed the states of Assam, West Bengal and Rajasthan to start a pilot project and implement the recommendations of Mr. Agarwal in at least one district each. The court said that the pandemic made it necessary to find an alternative for children and other vulnerable victims to testify in court as witnesses. It added that this practical suggestion made by Mr. Agarwal would not involve huge costs and could be made a permanent norm for recording the testimonies of children or victims of human trafficking. This could be done in cases which are of interstate, intercity or inter-district jurisdiction. As for the logistical provisions for the victims, the court suggested that the video conferencing facilities could be set up at a government building at the nearest point of choice for the victims or children to testify. Mr. Agarwal offered to prepare a list of retired and experienced judicial officers in such cases to act as remote point coordinators. The court also directed the states to provide a list of the number of children or victims of human trafficking who are required to depose in courts that are located outside their states. Further hearing in this matter has been listed for January. Did you know that it is estimated that one child goes missing in India every 8 minutes? That is one full classroom of students disappearing every few hours. Almost 40% of these children are never found. Families are torn apart. Listeners, if you want to get an insight on India's child trafficking problem which has worsened during the pandemic, head to the podcast section of newslaundry.com. Tune in to our podcast Let's Talk About where I delved into the complexities of child trafficking in India. How and why it is so prevalent, what forms does it take and who is the most vulnerable and what is being done to prevent it. Through a series of sobering interviews, I spoke to victims, experts and journalists on the front lines to understand the many aspects of India's child trafficking crisis. The Bombay High Court yesterday questioned the Maharashtra government over an FIR it had filed against a woman over a tweet. The court asked the state government if it intended to take action against every person who says something objectionable on Twitter. The division bench was hearing a plea filed by 38-year-old city resident Sunaina Holi. She had been booked in July this year by the Mumbai and Palghar police for alleged offensive remarks against Maharashtra Chief Minister Uddhav Thakre and his son Aditya Thakre on social media. In her plea filed through advocate Abhinav Chandrachur, Hole sought that the FIR against her be quashed. The advocate told the court that Hole was just expressing her opinion and criticizing the policy of the state government through her tweet. The court said and I quote, "Ultimately the society has to find a balance between society and individual rights. Will you act against every person who says something on Twitter? How many actions will you have to take?" unquote. 
In another case related to freedom of speech and expression, Attorney General K.K. Venugopal yesterday gave his consent to initiate contempt proceedings against cartoonist Rachita Taneja. Taneja is the creator of a webcomic called Sanitary Panels. The Attorney General's consent was given to law student Aditya Kashyap's request for contempt proceedings. The case against Taneja pertains to two of her illustrations featuring stick figures about the Apex Court granting bail to Republic TV editor-in-chief Arnab Goswami in an abatement to suicide case from 2018. Venugopal said that Taneja's illustrations were an audacious assault and insult to the institution. The Attorney General added that one of the cartoons had a clear implication that the Supreme Court is biased towards the governing Bharatiya Janata Party. Legal news website Live Law reported that according to Venugopal, Taneja's illustration was clearly calculated to undermine public confidence in the impartiality of the Supreme Court of India. The Attorney General further added, and I quote, I am satisfied that each of the tweets with cartoons attached to it is in contempt of the Supreme Court of India, hence I grant my consent. Unquote. In a shocking turn of events, eight infants have died within a span of four days at a government hospital in Madhya Pradesh's Shahdol city. The infants, including a newborn, were admitted to the sick newborn care unit and the pediatric intensive care unit. All the children were from tribal-dominated Shahdol, Umaria and Anupur districts of the state. Chief Minister Shivraj Singh Chauhan has ordered a high-level probe into the circumstances leading to their deaths. Shahdol's Chief Medical and Health Officer Dr. Rajesh Pandey told news agency PTI that the deaths took place between November 27th and November 30th. He added that the oldest of the deceased infants was four months old. He said that 33 children were currently admitted in the sick newborn care unit while eight were being treated in the pediatric intensive care unit. State Health Minister Dr. Prabhu Ram Chaudhary told NDTV that the initial investigation revealed that most of the infants died of uncontrolled pneumonia and respiratory complications. The Chief Minister has asked officials to find out whether negligence of the medical staff had been a reason for their deaths. He has instructed that a specialist doctor be sent from Jabalpur to Shahdol if necessary. This, however, is not the first incident of its kind in Madhya Pradesh. In January this year, six tribal infants aged between six days and six months had died within 15 hours at the same hospital. The Tamil Nadu government announced yesterday that it will set up a commission to study ways of conducting a caste-based survey in the state. Chief Minister Palani Swamy announced this just hours before he met a delegation of leaders from the Patali Makkal Kachi or PMK. The PMK has relaunched an agitation seeking 20% reservation for vanyars in government jobs and higher education. Vanyars are a most backward community or MBC from the northern parts of Tamil Nadu. According to a report by Hindu, protests by PMK Kado halted vehicular movement for a few hours on GST Road in Chennai. Movement was also staggered on a couple of highways in northern Tamil Nadu. Besides, the Kado also engaged in stone pelting which brought an express train to a halt in a Chennai suburb. The state of Tamil Nadu has the most extensive system of caste reservations in India with 69% reservations. In 1992, the Supreme Court had put a cap on reservations in all states at 50%. But Tamil Nadu bypassed these restrictions by enacting a reservation law through a constitutional amendment. This law, however, is currently being scrutinized by the Supreme Court for its legality. According to the Deccan Herald, Palani Swamy said in a statement, and I quote, The government is involved in implementing a lot of welfare measures and the government has the responsibility in ensuring that it reaches all sections of the society. Moreover, we need the statistics to be presented before the Supreme Court, which is hearing a case on 69% reservation. Unquote. And now for some international updates. 
Coronavirus has infected over 63.9 million people around the world, out of which more than 1.48 million have died due to the virus. Britain has become the first country in the West to approve a COVID-19 vaccine after its medicine regulator granted emergency use approval to the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine, which will be available from next week onwards. A government spokesperson said, and I quote, The UK government has today accepted the recommendation from the Independent Medicines and Healthcare Products Regulatory Agency to approve Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine for use. This follows months of rigorous clinical trials and thorough analysis of the data by experts at the MHRA who have concluded that the vaccine has met with its strict standards for safety, quality and effectiveness. Unquote. Meanwhile, England's month-long lockdown has ended and the country is now waking up to a new three-tier system of restrictions. A US government panel on Tuesday formally recommended early doses of COVID-19 vaccines to be given first to healthcare workers and long-term care facility residents in the US. The country has been reporting more than 100,000 cases a day every day since the beginning of November. Poland has recorded more than 1 million cases according to data from its health ministry. The country is struggling with a shortage of doctors and medical supplies amid its second wave. That's all for today. Have a great day or a good night depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.